0: Our Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me, as always, is Sam Neil. Hi, um, how are you doing this week, Sam?
1: I'm fine. I'm f- finally recovered from uh, Magic Fest London. Awesome. Yeah, it was. It was a time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it really was, and um. Me, just We we just didn't record for a week Yeah, I was Because every time we tried to record One of us was either busy or just We just felt awful Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah pretty, was much, pretty much It was a,
0: yeah, it the, was a time, yeah. wasn't it? I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll go into it uh, In some detail, I think If we get a bit further on to today's episode but
1: god, yeah, it was a time <laughs>
0: <laughs> Awesome, how have you been since we last recorded?
1: Uh, fine, yeah, yeah um, uh, You know if We're just going to talk about the GP in a bit then other than that fine sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah tired getting back to work was uh, difficult yeah yeah Um played some magic nice it was good fun playing a lot of commando which I know you're a big fan of yeah I mean
0: hey you managed to get me to play a game at the, the Grand Prix and you looked That's so magical the entire Sorry.
1: time yeah. The entire time you are playing, you were just so. I've actually dismantled that deck. That deck you're playing now. Yeah, because it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, because your face the entire time. It was just so sad that I was like, I need to remove this. <laughs> um, so I got rid of that deck. Um, yeah, because I built I built my new my new deck, which I will also get into I guess when we talk about um, the Magic Fest. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've have been fine. Been fine. How good, about you? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Not so bad myself.
0: Not so bad. Just yeah. I had like uh, got back like late on like the Monday evening. And it was just knackered, mm-hmm. absolutely knackered. And then it was like, whatever. Oh, yeah. A couple of days of work to get through. Feel terrible, but we'll see this through. Then we've got a nice long bank holiday weekend. Um, so, yeah, have been good. have been all, yeah. all good.
1: I mean, yeah, because we got go back on. So I travel back on Sunday because I was going to a show. So I drove straight from London to a show in Birmingham. Yeah. Watched that until, you know, like 11 pm. Then helped the band load out. Then had to drop some people home. Then drove home, <laughs> <laughs> then went to bed and had to get up for work in the morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. So like the Monday, I had a three-hour nap in the afternoon after work. Nice. Tuesday, I had a three-hour nap <laughs> in the afternoon after work, and then Wednesday was my day off, and I felt kind of human again. <sighs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty good. We,
0: so, yeah, I got home, I stayed the Sunday night, and uh, got home on the uh, on the Monday. We. Drove back uh, via like Warhammer World in Nottingham. We stopped up there for lunch, which was like amazing.
1: I'm the progenitor of one of my favourite
0: profile pictures on Facebook of all time. <laughs> uh, if yeah, if uh, you do go find me on Facebook, like I do, I advised every week, you can see me uh, dabbing in front of a rhino.
1: Dabs for the dab god.
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was sick. I had a, had a great time. Uh, yeah, it really also, cool. like amazing for vegan food. I did that thing where I was like, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I did that thing where I was like yeah sure we'll go to warhammer world i've wanted to go there since i was like seven or whatever like sure this will be a fun time yeah yeah, you guys will get some like steaks or something and i'll I'll, maybe i'll get some chips and then Mm. like i looked at the menu while we're on the way in the car and i was like oh wow they've got like seven different vegan options that's amazing yeah i had a really nice like lentil burger and like um Curly fries and stuff. It was, it was
1: nice. Considering over that, considering over that weekend, I subsisted mainly on hummus and subway. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a nice little change. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Do I mean? Do we want to? want to just talk about Magic Fest London and the yeah, experience? I guess so. yeah, I guess
0: that's, let's dive right into it. Yeah. God, it was a time. It was. Yeah. It feels like a, it feels like quite a while ago now. It really does. Man. So the uh, the Friday morning, like, nice and early to do the main event. Um, scrambled around to, to buy some sleeves, bought some sleeves from Carter Papa, Will Name and Shame, uh, gave him a £20 note, and they, they gave me £15 in change. Uh, one of them was a nice £5 with the see-through bits and the Queen and all that jazz, and mm-hmm. then the the, uh, the other one was an old £10 note.
1: Yeah, I had the same thing with a £5 note and an old pound coin. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was not great.
0: No. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they, they exchanged it, like, once I went back and pointed out to them that you can't use the, that, that it's not legal tender anymore. Yeah, I mean... But that, that was, it was, uh, yeah. was apparently a few people that did have that experience with them over, over the weekend that they were they were giving out old money.
1: Yeah, I only noticed when I handed it over to a different vendor. Yeah. Um, and was like, oh no, um, I'm going to look like an absolute idiot now, or like I'm trying to scam them. And then they just took it and I was like, oh God, I feel so bad. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> and I definitely shouldn't have gone back and been like, I've definitely given you something that is not five pounds. Uh-oh. Um... But I mean, you know <laughs> it, it, it happened. Yeah and I felt bad, so that's the main thing. Sure. <laughs> but only only notice when it was in my hand and like um the person behind the booth like took it out of my hand. I was like, oh no. Um, but then I didn't have another fiver on me, so <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> I mean I I committed a minor crime. Yeah. It's fine. I'm sure GP vendors have committed far worse crimes. Wow. <laughs> wow, okay. I mean sure they probably have, yeah. You. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did the how did the main event go? Because I know you, you did the first flight. I did. I did
0: the first flight. So I got one of those uh, this Channel Fireball Black Friday special golden ticket things where you could pay like, it was about £40, and that gave you entry to one uh, GP of your choice. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'll get that. Whatever the, the limited one is, I'll use it on that. And then they announced this, this strange structure of the flights and all that. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll just... I'll use it up there. we will get it over and done with. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm. I'm glad I only ended up paying forty pounds for the experience because it was, it was a strange one. It was. It was a really strange one. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I quite like the idea of the flights yeah. as like a thing. But I, th- I think I'm probably more in favour of doing them as like a constructed, style, tournament. I think rather than than limited. Um, definitely. Definitely not like pre-release limited as well. I think that was the biggest issue for me, like the fact that like nobody had played with the cards yet, Um mm-hmm. and the format itself is—it's really swingy. Like it's re- like the bombs. So th- there are a lot of bombs in the format, and then there are like about ten mythics, which like are just a level above bomb.
1: Yeah, that just seem like unbeatable when your opponent resolves them, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, I did. I did encounter encounter one of those. Um, I mean, in like a couple of rounds, like fairly fairly quickly. So my first round played against a, a really nice opponent from from Japan, um, who was there with some friends. Apparently, uh, some of his friends were playing in the Mythic Championship, so he, he came along for support and was going to play in the main event while he was there. Yep. Uh, and we had some really good games, but both of the like the both of the games that he won ended fairly quickly once he played as as God Eternal Ronus. I just, just couldn't deal yeah. with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, those cards are those cards are silly.
0: Yeah, I think I think the gods might just be too
1: good for the uh the limited format. I think that's the thing like I it feels like they feel like commander cards, like honestly when you when you look at them and just kind of read their text, like, oh this is meant for like, you know, big splashy, stupid casual play. Yeah. Which is great. And like that's sort of why they're mythics, because you don't want to put that kind of effect in limited, but when they turn up, they're just a little bit too powerful. Yeah. Um, they just feel, they, they've, it feels like they've, they've just pushed them a little bit too far, but not quite far enough for constructed. I think in most cases. Yeah. I mean, I think they're fine for constructed. I think, but they're not so like my... the silly mythic, like four obs that you'd expect, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so my, uh, my biggest issue with them is that they are just just a bit too difficult to remove. In a sense that, like, you can't, y- you <laughs> can't. Yeah, you can yeah, count, yeah, you yeah. can counter them, or you can mill them, or you can take them from your opponent's hand, which are all can... things that can happen fairly easily in constructed. But in limited, you just you're not guaranteed to do any of that.
1: Yeah, and you're sort of priced into playing card spells in your deck. Yeah, to deal with like the inevitable bomb, like especially in sealed, like the inevitable bomb that you put your opponent has. I guess you can. Kazmina's transmutation. Yeah, that that's the probably the, the the cleanest way. But like again, like that kind of forces you to play blue if you want to play that. Um, yeah, and it's also not a great card to be playing in a limited deck outside yeah. of like enchanting a, a god eternal. Yeah, it feels kind of bad. And yeah. I, I think that I was that was the experience I got because I like I did not play the main event because I didn't want to pay seventy pounds for a sealed event of a format I had never played before. That is absolutely um, fair. Yeah. Yeah, um, but that was the impression I got because I knew for a fair few people who were doing at least a co- like one or two flights. Yeah and most of them was like oh how was your game and they were like uh, my opponent resolved got Eternal X and I lost and I was like yeah sure that, <laughs> sounds, like, that sounds like what's going to happen um, yeah my, weird, weird my, my opponent first
0: round had a had Ronus, I lost 2, that was, was pretty bad uh, in the second round my opponent didn't turn up Sick. so I got a nice 2-0 easy win there mm-hmm. uh, round 3 so 1-1 one, one going into, the, into this and I was like well if, if I lose another round that's me out of contention for day 2 uh, my opponent had two God Eternal Ronas.
1: Ooh, that's that's quite so the because, combo.
0: Uh, yeah, so it was one of those things as well where I was like, right, I, I can deal, I can deal with this Ronas. Uh, I used um, Kaya to exile the Ronas, and was like, right, that buys me like two, three turns maybe. That's probably enough for me to win this game. And then <laughs> my opponent goes play God Eternal Ronas from my hand. And I was like, oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> Have you got two? And it was like, yep, I got two. I, okay. Fine. GG. Yeah, lost to that fairly quickly. Um Yeah. I mean that, that's that's just the format, isn't it? It's it's that's a what very it seems like it's, it's a strange one. It's a it's very, very high. It's a very high power level format, but mm-hmm. I think there are there's the two cycles of mythics, like the, the finales and the um uh the gods that you just I think might just be a little bit too good for limited.
1: Yeah, I think that's part of the problem. I think that's more of a problem in sealed than it is in draft. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just because of the likelihood of seeing them is just um, a lot higher in the well, one, not a lot higher, but like well, twice as high in sealed, I guess. Yeah. Um, so there's more of a chance of that happening, which kind of feels. But I think that was that was sort of my problem with the format in general. So like, so it's a pre-release format, right? Yeah. In terms of what like, you know, no one's played this set before unless they've been up to the early hours on modo. It was Legal Moto, right? Not Arena? Uh, it
0: was on... So, it was on Magic Online. It was on Arena for, like, about 12 hours before the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, some pro players had access to it. And there was the streamer early access as well. Sure. But, like, yeah, like, that was it.
1: For, like, you know, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's basically, you know, it's a this thing. It's, like, a format that no one really knows that feels incredibly bomby. Um... That just you just lose if your opponent opens well. Yeah, and like that's that's often true of sealed events, right? Like, if you your opponent opens better cards, than you lose. But yeah, it just felt like there was a high chance of that happening because like six or seven of the mythics were just basically unbeatable. Yeah, and that feels kind of bad. Um, and also the conversion rate for the flights was pretty bad, right? Yeah,
0: it was it was pretty terrible. The like again, I I don't mind. I really don't mind that for constructed. I think I think it'll suit constructed better if they do choose to do that again, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like having to go like X one or better in a, a limited format that you've never played before. Yeah, that's it it really bad. really feel bad. Yeah, not so bad for forty forty pounds, I guess though. Yeah, it, it felt a lot better knowing that I'd paid forty pounds to do it than you know potentially seventy or you know the the non-zero amount of people that will have paid two hundred and eighty pounds and not not made day two.
1: Yeah, we we should press after pay respects to those people. Yeah that's uh, an upset amount of money to spend on uh, on a weekend <laughs> actually that's not far away from how much money we spend on the weekend ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's that, that's true so
0: yeah i do, do you want to talk about the uh, weekend at lambos
1: <laughs> oh hell yeah want to talk about the weekend at lambos
0: sure awesome so before <sighs> before all this we'll rewind 24 hours i guess jesus christ uh so being like poor because we spend all of our money on bits of cardboard
1: Mm -hmm.
0: we were like well we'll book we'll book an airbnb it'll be cheap it'll be cheaper than the hotels that are very expensive because it's london marathon weekend yep uh we found an airbnb it was going to be four of us 70 pounds each for the weekend uh, which which was going to be well a bit longer than the weekend i guess thursday friday saturday sunday night Mm -hmm. which is that's pretty good right
1: that's very good like that's why I sort of snapped it off. <laughs> you were like, it's going to be £70 each for four nights. And I was like, yeah, yeah, book that, up, book that. Up. Yeah,
0: sure, sure. It's going to be a roof over our heads, four walls. Uh, we're going to be there, what, like eight hours? Eight hours a day at most? Whatever, it'll do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was like 30 minutes from the event. Uh, the event, So I was like, sure, that's fine. I'm I'm happy to like Uber it from there or get the tube or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, um, we get there. Mm. <laughs> yes, we get there. And it was, uh, it was, it was not the nicest of places.
1: I mean, it was, yeah, I, it was not good.
0: <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, I'm fairly certain it was like it was a pimp's house and a brothel.
1: Jeez, which is like, I have no problem with the existence of. Yeah, but I have a massive problem with. Having paid to stay there, having not been told that information, yeah, yeah um, me too. like you know, if it had been marketed at that, I wouldn't yeah. have agreed to stay there because I'm not comfortable staying in that kind of place. And yeah. if people are, that's fine, but when when you sort of like turn up and realize that you're like, ah, I don't want to be here <laughs> um, it was very strange the the guy the guy like who who owned the Airbnb just it, he didn't seem like he had ever done it before, yeah, definitely. Like, gave us a tour, like, of the of the, the building um, to our small box room with a bunk bed and a double bed in it. And just, like, the, the, his, <laughs> his behavior was that of someone who had never given a tour to any Airbnb people before. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is the bathroom, I guess. I'm like, yeah, this is the bathroom, the one with the... Toilet and the shower in it. Jesus!
0: And had to like had like a couple of different sets of keys and had to like try the keys to see which
1: key fit which door and stuff. And it was mm-hmm. the it, locks were shoddy. Yeah, it Nothing. wasn't good. It wasn't. Most not of good. the doors, most of the doors didn't close. The wardrobe didn't close. The light fixtures were just like had expired, exposed wires. Um, yeah, it was not not my favourite place to be in the world. Yeah, I strong agree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we'd had that, and like we just sort of dumped our stuff, and like, okay, let's go get some food. <laughs> um, so then we went to uh Weatherspoons. Yeah, as as all good people do, it's the best place to be. Um, and on the way there, I had quite this is quite a, it's gonna be a theme for the weekend. Uh, I had quite a bad ang- bad anxiety attack, um, as I'm just prone to do, uh, but generally because of like the sort of poor conditions of where we yeah. were staying. I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't stay here. Um, so we sat down at the table. And I was just like. Joe, do you, do you want to do you want to get a hotel? <laughs> I was like, like, oh, God, okay, I can kind of swing this money-wise. Um, and I looked up and, like, the hotels were actually quite reasonable because it was, like, on the night. Yeah. Um, it was it one of those, up... like, last
0: minute, like, oh, we've, we, it's the day, the day of, we've just got some rooms to fill, whatever.
1: It, exactly. So we ended up staying, we ended up, like, booking a hotel, and it was, what, like, 2.50 mm. for the weekend for the both of us? Yeah. And, like, that was that's a very good price yeah for like it was like a five minute walk from the XL um, booked on the day like still a marathon weekend like obviously all the hotels are full of magic players as well so I was like yeah we should just book this that sounds very good (laughs) Um, so I ended up getting that hotel because I did not feel comfortable staying where we were staying yeah Uh, it was very unpleasant and then you know ended up showing a double bed in a nice clean hotel instead which was was much more pleasant it was definitely definitely a much more pleasant experience I think even with uh, your sleep apnea and my night coughing <laughs> <laughs> That, that uh, certainly made
0: things interesting Yeah, for sure uh, Yeah, I think I think we definitely made the right call so we, we got a really nice hotel Just right next to the venue mm-hmm. uh, It was much better than having to get up at like <clears throat> 6 o'clock in the morning Or if not earlier just try To try to have like a horrendous
1: shower Or like whatever yeah. was going to go on there Yeah, it's like could and book it could across you imagine to the Excel like, Centre yeah, could you imagine like having to be on site at like eight AM, no. and like having to contend with Friday morning London traffic? Yeah, like after having what well, I can only imagine would be an unpleasant night's sleep. Yeah, um, yeah, it just wasn't it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> I fully agree. Yeah, I'm really glad that we <laughs> we decided to do what we did. Yeah, it was it was really good. It was a nice hotel. Yeah, sick. It's a very nice hotel.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So, flash forward. Uh, we stayed in a nice hotel it's mm-hmm. the morning of so i am currently uh 1 2 in the uh, in the main event i decided to play out the next two rounds anyway cuz i figured like i haven't really got much going on i've missed the, the the legacy event now anyway let's just let's just play uh ended up going like 2 3 before i finally dropped it and was like no I've, I've had enough of this format i'm not going to yeah, rush yeah. back and play this any again anytime soon mm mm-hmm. mhm and then, um, yeah, just spent pretty much the rest of the afternoon just walking around the vendors, meeting up with people, chatting to people. It was good. It was a really, really fun day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, while you were doing this, I was just going around the vendors. So I'd been this on the Friday morning. So I'd obviously travelled with you. I say travelled. We'd walked for like literally six minutes. Yeah. Um. So then you and I say, like, oh, I might as well go with you. Um, and then i uh been there about, what, seven minutes? Yep. and had, had bought a Judge Sneak uh, a Judge Sneak Attack <laughs> <laughs> so like my plan going into this was um, so Ilharg the bore from the new set I was like I need to build a Commander deck around this um, and I'm gonna spend the entire of Magic Fest London building that entire deck in foil that's yeah. what I was doing while you, while you were playing like an actual GP <laughs> <laughs> Um And I ended up getting most of the way there. I was missing 10 cards. Nice. And they were all relatively cheap and I I got them on card market instead. Nice, it's not bad at all. But my entire Friday was just literally walking around all the vendors like seven times looking through all their stupid binders (laughs) and just buying incredibly stupid foils. Yeah, I did spend a lot of my time on Friday just going around the vendors. So I, I did have a bit
0: of a a shopping list of mine with a couple of things i wanted to pick up um mm-hmm. in the end i managed to get i guess what was at the very top of my list was a chaos orb yeah that was really sweet yeah i managed to pick one up on saturday morning and took a just a handful of stuff um to uh 95 and mm-hmm. it was like here's some things that i'm never gonna gonna play i haven't seen for i haven't even seen it for a long time because they've been in deck boxes yeah what will you give me for this and it was like 300 and 66 for like all that stuff plus the uh the gp promo lightning bolt. Mm -hmm. Uh, they had a a chaos orb that was in like fairly good condition for 466, which was like so much cheaper than like all of the other vendors. Yep. Uh, so I was like, yeah, we'll do that, we'll do that plus 100. Awesome. So uh, I'm very, very happy that I finally got a chaos
1: orb. Yeah, well, you know, I got a foil chancellor of the forge. Nice. Oh God, I bought so much crap. It's great. It's great. Um, yeah, that, that was a very different experience in terms of vendors. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the, so, like the vendors were. It, it was quite strange. I found that like
0: the vast majority of like War of the Spark, Spark cards for everybody was like really like
1: really underpriced. Um. Generally, yeah, I think so. But um, then, like a lot of the older stuff was just really overpriced. Yeah, there were some really weird. Like this is why we went around like several several times. Like I got. Um, so like, obviously my market was very much just like casual EDH foils. Yeah. But obviously they still have a have a price and like this, they still, still command a premium. Um and like some of the pricing was was very strange. So some of it was just like absurdly expensive. Like there was like a Commander's Arsenal Chaos Warp for £70 yeah. when it's worth like I don't know, fifteen dollars on SCG. Yeah, yeah. Um and then but then like uh set for Champions of Kamagawa Senses Divining Top was like £30 pounds when it's $80 out of stock on SCG. Um, so some of the prices just seemed way off and really strange. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and the War of the Spark stuff just seemed very underpriced. Like, everyone seemed to be underselling it. Yeah. It was um, strange that so it was seeing like, um, I mean, the Friday especially, like,
0: most like there was a couple of vendors that had, like, con at, like, £6 each. Mm-hmm. Think, like, most of the weekend, like, Teferi's were, like, £7, £8 each. Yeah. Which seems, just seems
1: really low, right? It seemed really strange. I mean, those prices are just, I think that's the nature of the set right there's it's such a top heavy set i mean yeah. like there's just so much value in it like there's inter- value in terms of like playable cards in across many constructive formats yeah absolutely that stuff stuff like tamio which is just like has since become a four of in probably the best deck in standard currently just yeah. like two pounds <laughs> just because it because it, it's a rare in a set full of incredibly powerful rares mythics and uncommons yeah. the, the price has to end somewhere um and the same, you see the same thing a lot of with, like, um, Allegiance and, and Guilds of Ravnica. It's just, like, the, the Shocklands are just kind of cheap because there's other stuff in there. Um, and, like, you can have incredibly payable cards that are just cheap because they have to be, because the value just has to be spread. Yeah, for sure. Um, which is strange. But, I mean, yeah, there was, there was some interesting pricing yeah, across, across the board. Um, and I traded a lot of... I no longer own the Stoneforge Mystics. Yeah, how, how, was, how does that feel? Uh, fine. I think it's bad in Maverick anyway. <laughs> sure. I just like you. Just I just don't think you should play It's just too slow in Maverick generally. Yeah. Um. So I was like, ah, I don't need these, and they're not Japanese anyway. So, <laughs> um, and traded those those in to get some more cards, and I actually managed to find a foil copy of hag Nice. Um, for a reasonable price actually. Um, and then the artist, um, Philip Burbrand was there as well, yeah. so I managed to get it signed on the day. Nice. It's incredibly exciting. I'm I'm very aware that this is very exciting for me and very much not for you. <laughs> hey Joe, I got a shiny pig god, and you're like, yeah, sure. I got a chaos orb, mate. Like, that's very different.
0: They are they are very different beasts, but they are you know they, they were cool <laughs>
1: cool in their own ways. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't believe you when you say that. Um. But yeah. I, other than you know going around buying loads of expensive artifacts and red cards and foil, I played a lot of Legacy. Yeah, which is really sweet. And like everyone I spoke to that um, was playing and was like oh I never get to play Legacy I never get to play Legacy it doesn't happen in my like my LGS and stuff and, yeah, yeah. and like they'd sort of I think pretty much most people in the, the Legacy side events were there because they just wanted to play Legacy yeah for sure because um, normally in the side events it's like a lot of people who had bombed out the main event and stuff like that and are just doing something to pass the time yeah. or like, they just want to play the game people are just like oh, this is the only place I get to reasonably play Legacy <laughs> um, so that was really really cool um, met a lot of nice people played a lot of really good games of Legacy um, Maverick is still gas um sick like managed to beat some really bad matchups like i beat reanimator which just shouldn't happen most of the time i beat lands which just shouldn't happen most of the time yeah um i guess i'm just really good at playing maverick yeah. <laughs> i'm just bad at everything else um yeah that was really good fun i played it. That's that's the only magic i played really it was just legacy and that was kind of the point so i was very happy about yeah um but i mean the week the weekend as a whole was like it was an interesting experience. It was, yeah. Um, so, how do you how do you
0: how do you feel? So, this, this is kind of the first time we've had this like it's Magic Fest Plus that we're calling it. So, it was obviously mm-hmm. the, the Mythic Championship, the uh, the the Magic Fest as well. Yeah, was, how, so, how did you find that that whole thing?
1: It was weird. Like, so yeah. I I went through a couple of times, just like while I wasn't playing an event or while I wasn't just dragging my ass around to look at foils, um, I went through and watched some of the Mythic Championship. And that was a surreal experience because there's, you know, just a bunch of people who I recognise from, you know, articles and and watching other mythic championships on on Twitch and stuff, and just yeah, all these like sure. famous magic players and really cool people just all milling about, like all in one room. Yeah, that was that was um, that was strange, but it just it just looked like a GP. Yeah, definitely. It didn't look particularly special. Um, it was just another hall, just with tables in it like it was more room between the tables and stuff yeah yeah and they had I guess they had like the
0: production (coughs) booth set up and stuff and Mm
1: -hmm, yeah that
0: was really cool I thought
1: it was very cool but it was just sort of like it didn't feel that special yeah Um, which you think for a mythic championship it would be and like I I managed to catch like the last 10 minutes of the final yeah and it was just sort of underwhelming like um, unfortunately um, people just sort of clapped and then left (laughs) Um, and there was no like big Thing done about it, you know. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get to see the see the finals myself, but at sounds, sounds like it's quite odd. Yeah, it was Eli Loveman, like you know, just w- w- won his game, like you know, won the Mythic Championship, which is meant to be like you know, sort of the biggest event there is. Yeah, for sure. And there was a group of like a hundred people, and they just sort of clapped and then all started walking off. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that was anticlimactic, and I felt kind of bad. Like I felt kind of because you know he just. Done something very, very cool and like incredibly impressive. And, yeah, yeah. Kind of felt like people didn't care. <laughs> it's like, oh man. Um, well, that's because I guess sad. I, okay, yeah, I guess it's like he's not that big of a name. Yeah. Right.
0: Like. Yeah, someone, it's, it's like, not somebody that I was aware of myself. Um exactly, I, guess it, like, I guess I assume it would have been different if it was you know like your LSVs or your Jerry Thompsons or someone who would win the event.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like someone, someone very well known. Or yeah, like someone, yeah, for sure. Yeah or like someone from the npl or anything yeah. like that but like um from what i know you know it's just like a grinder and just plays a lot of very good magic and yeah. uh, you know qualified for the pro tour and, and then won the pro tour and everyone was just like oh cool and then went off to back to the GB hall and like that was sort of it yeah um just it was it was strange um it was cool to see a pro tour i guess yeah because we haven't had a pro tour in the uk
0: in like what 10 years I think we've, no, no. we've had them more recently than that because there was like proto Dublin. I think there was there was another one and I said the UK, Joe, the UK. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> um, I'm sure there was one in London, like fairly recently as well.
1: I can't. I don't think there's been one since I've played Magic. Okay. I don't think. Yeah. Oh,
0: God knows. Yeah. Like it's that thing. That, I don't know, it, it's, it's always felt kind of like really strange, like, so you have like, the pro players and you have like, the pro magic scene, and um, it's meant to be professional, but also kind of promotional and you know, the pro tour, mm-hmm. it's meant to get eyes on the game and and all that, but there never really was like, an actual connection when it came to like, playing Paper Magic, like yeah. you might bump into like A handful of pros at the GP that you're at, maybe. Yeah. And it's like if the Pro Tour was in town, sure you could go to the Pro Tour and you could watch. But it wasn't like, you know, come to town, come to the event, come see the Pro Tour, come do this, do that. It was just kind of
1: like, oh, the Pro Tour is going to be here. That's the thing. It very very much felt like the Pro Tour was it was it was mainly for Twitch. Yeah. Okay. Like it was mainly to to like broadcast it online and get eyes on Magic and all these things, which is obviously like my experience of the previous Mythic Championship was everyone getting really excited about it on Twitter and, and, and watching it on Twitch and stuff like that, Yeah, but then in person it was just like, this is just an event that happens. And yeah. it, it happens, it, it's like a production that happens to be next to a bunch of other magic things. Yeah, it, it, it did feel
0: strange in that sense. The big Mythic Championship. Definitely, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it felt really cool to see everybody there and to see it all going on, but mm-hmm. it felt cooler to kind of be around the event than the actual event did if that makes any sense like I cared more about experiencing the event
1: than seeing the results of the tournament yeah absolutely I, I agree with that um, yeah that that felt sort of the theme of, of the Mythic Championship being there really. yeah um, it was cool I though was cool. I, I definitely yeah, think, yeah, you'd think it's a
0: big positive um, I think it definitely it, it. I think that's that's kind of how the, they need to be doing things I think as far as like the MPL and like the pro players go like more integration of that, like, absolutely should be a thing.
1: Mm-hmm. So, it yeah. was it was good to see that. It was cool, yeah, absolutely. Um, I enjoyed watching it, and then it was weird seeing loads of pro players just sort of milling about <laughs> <laughs> randomly, like, going to Costa and stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, I uh, I helped Martin Deuzer wash his hands in the yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the toilets. Yeah. So that was a was was- thing.
1: That was that was very very funny when you talk about it. Just didn't yeah, know how to open so the taps. I stood
0: washing my hands uh, in the toilet, and he's using he's the sink next to me, and he's just like hitting the taps like one from the other, and the, the water's going off. And he's like, I, I, "How does this work? I don't know how to use these."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "All right, hold on," and I held the held the hot water from so he could wash his hands. <laughs> I mean, it just goes to show that pro magic players are human beings. Yeah, yeah, so like, absolutely. Really Watch the
0: MPL, but also like sometimes they just need a hand washing their hands. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's really sobering to see them in that situation, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was good it was cool. Um but just yeah, it felt a little anticlimactic for what I was expecting for you know, going to watch the Mythic Championship. But yeah, I mean, you know, some things some things also happened that we found out from the Mythic Championship. Yeah, we did. So um, which I guess we have to talk about, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We do really. Um Yuya Watanabe was disqualified in round fifteen of the Mythic Championship. Yes, he was. He was disqualified for marked cards. Namely Urza's power plant, Urza's mind an Urza's Tower in um in his Tron deck. Yeah, they
1: were marked, and we have now seen the marks on the cards, and they look pretty damning. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I can't remember which one specifically, but like the sleeves, um, one set of lands of the Urza lands had a bend in one of the top corners, another set had a bend in one of the bottom corners, and another had like a sort of scratch indent yeah, it was mark like in st- them. a sort of like scratch, like hash pattern or something.
0: They like yeah, it, was, it, it. Look, it, they clearly looked marked. Like not like that's the thing. Like not marked sleeves. as in as in like this has been like just general mark from like shuffling and and mm-hmm. wear and stuff. Like it clearly looked like those marks had been made intentionally.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. So like obviously sleeves get dogged and stuff, yeah. and uh, the corners bend and whatever, and you get shuffle damage. But like he do not even playing because he resleeved like halfway through the event. Those sleeves were only like a couple of rounds old. Um and the marks were very severe. Yeah. So it was like the bend in the corners was like very um wasn't just like it had happened through just normal wear and tear. And um it was very specifically on specific cards. Um and then the indentation was just like that's never happened to a magic sleeve ever. <laughs> just yeah, yeah, like through absolutely. absolutely. So like yeah, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to try and sort of discuss, I guess. Um and Twitter was very um sort of a buzz with the conversation when it first dropped. Yeah, they've been disqualified. Um, and you know, um, Yu himself has denied it, denied the cheating. Yeah, he's um, so so.
0: Yeah, Yu and his team—they've so obviously they, so they haven't denied that the cards are cards marked or anything. They've, oh yeah, you can see. I that. think that they, they've been, especially his team's high games, has been it's been very cooperative in the investigation. Um, they've mm-hmm. uh, provided some some pictures of the sleeves. Uh, so you can you know you can see the evidence there for, for yourself if you you go to their website they've got a sort of a statement up and photos and so I I think they've they've been very good as far as like cooperation with the judges and the DC like the DCI and the MPL as far as the investigation goes and they provided all the pictures and at no point have they denied that the cards are marked mm-hmm. uh, but the yeah I think New Year himself has has said on multiple occasions now that that yes they were marked but that wasn't that wasn't intentional that was just from from shuffling that was from from finding the the cards with like uh like expedition map and stuff yeah but i yeah I, I
1: uh it feels really bad to say it but i i don't believe that i really don't believe that so because the thing is like one of the so the two possibilities that um arise from, from what he's saying about the markings on the cards are either they've happened through shuffling through games, which them being that those specific marks and those severe marks when the rest of the sleeves look pretty much pristine is incredibly unlikely. Yeah. Or that his deck has been tampered with. Yeah. And someone has marked those in order to get him disqualified from the tournament. Which also seems incredibly unlikely yeah, considering absolutely. the only people who would touch his cards are his opponents, who wouldn't be able to touch all of those cards in that short space of time without am noticing. Yeah. Or the judges and there yeah. is like, opponents as judges or his teammates. Yeah. Which seems all of those seem incredibly <clears throat> unrealistic. And yeah. I don't think well, one, I, I imagine that his own team would not try and disqualify from a tournament, which would, because yeah. that would be absurd. And the judges absolutely wouldn't do that. Like I um, have a lot of faith in the magic judging community to know that they wouldn't just intentionally mark this player's sleeves, Yeah, absolutely. especially someone like you, who has, historically being seen as a very good guy, a very upstanding member of the community, a very respected player and, you know, hasn't caused any beef with anyone, like, you know, wouldn't sort of push someone to try and get him DQ'd.
0: Um, he's a a magic Hall of Famer,
1: like... Yeah.
0: They're not, not really somebody who's... who you would typically like... I don't know that So typically like magic hall of famers are like well-respected players of the game and i can't imagine anybody would want to sabotage them and then mm-hmm. also like you himself was held in really high regards by a lot of pro players anyway and a lot of judges and a lot of just yeah a lot of people involved in magic
1: yeah because when the whole thing came out everyone like a lot of people were very uh upset by it and like you know because there's this guy who's meant to be like a very well respected and very talented Magic player who's now just been accused of cheating and been disqualified from a tournament and, and I mean from what I understand of the situation I believe that's the case yeah absolutely absolutely um, it's the, the evidence is incredibly damning and to suggest that anyone has tampered with the card seems incredibly unlikely yeah Um, and it's it just it sort it, of it, I thought it was I don't know it's kind of ridiculous, right? That there's this person who's a hall of famer, who's you know done very, very well at, at magic, who is currently being paid seventy five thousand dollars a year to play magic. Yeah, and decides to cheat. Yeah, that's that's what I don't
0: understand. Like I don't understand why you you would do it. Like I don't understand. Like uh, you know, it, I I can't say I would I would ever cheat or I would uh, ever for myself wanting to cheat, mm. but I can understand the motivation behind it when you've got. You know, tournaments with with big money on the line. But yeah, if that's, when you yeah,
1: if that's your source of income, sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. But then, like, you year is a member of the MPL, mm-hmm. so he's guaranteed seventy five thousand dollars a year, regardless of how well you know how well he does in that tournament or not. And mm-hmm. he's a pretty good Magic player anyway, so he's you know I'm fairly certain like average finishers will, will keep him in the MPL for for the next year. Yep so like like why 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 cheat for like the, the sake of like know, like an extra thousand dollars or two yeah which like yeah. that does seem like a lot of money to, to me or you for sure but like to somebody who is a guaranteed 75 grand a year contracted it, it just doesn't make any sense to me it really
1: doesn't it's it's just jeopardizing his career because his career is essentially being a professional magic player now right Yeah, like he's being literally paid by Wizards of the Coast to do this um, and has just decided to fob it all off to try and win a tournament and like you know I find that kind of funny yeah and incredibly disrespectful at the same time yeah like, if that's what you're willing to do to win a magic tournament when you're already guaranteed this money um, to, to win like to try and win through nefarious means yeah I just I just think it's really sad I, I really don't
0: understand is. it I think it's I think you're right. I think it is very disrespectful. Um, yeah, just, just the MPL needs to do better. Yeah, across the board, apparently. Yeah. I did. I, I did like the uh, like Nick Prince, who like if you if you don't follow Nick Prince on Twitter, like get on that. Nick Prince is amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tweeted like, will there ever be a week where there's not like 32, where there where there is 32 players in the MPL. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a uh, it's been a bad bad few weeks, I guess for the MPL. Yeah. <laughs> but also, that does lead us on to some exciting news. Yeah. To come from the MPL, in which the uh, Autumn Burchette was, um, how do I say this? Officially inducted into the MPL. Inducted. That's the that's the word. There Jesus, words are hard. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah, inducted into the MPL, which is um, incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Really, really cool. So that was announced on the Thursday, right? It was, yeah, just before the tournament, yeah. It's awesome. Um, really, really exciting. Obviously, very well deserved and an incredibly big deal based on the fact that it's you know not a man, yeah, another man being inducted into the MPL because we've got enough of them. <laughs> um, it's really, really cool. Really, really exciting. And um, yeah, really I mean, like them. it was, it was one of those things where like yeah, we're fairly certain
0: Autumn was going to be in the MPL mm-hmm. from like next season probably until. The end of the MPL eventually, like, once it eats itself. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, the fact that like they've just been included like right away is yeah, it's really cool. Really, really awesome.
1: Really happy with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was that was some nice some nice stuff to come out of that, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, based on some. Things that have been happening with the NPL recently—it's nice to have a good, a good story and, and a well-deserved in, introduction to it. Absolutely, absolutely, awesome. It's been—it's been a while, hasn't it? has been a, quite a few things have happened
0: in this this weekend of it since we last uh, last did an episode.
1: Oh god, this is gonna to have to be like a like a bumper episode, right? Like uh, <laughs> quite possibly, but I'm sure some extra I'll have a stuff. fun time editing it tomorrow. Oh yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to just not doing anything and then you posting it online. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just an- gonna sit here and talk. Another cool thing that we found out, like pretty much just before the uh, the
0: pre release as well, was that mm-hmm. they in the Japanese boxes of War of the Spark there is gonna be some cool alternate art <clears throat> planeswalkers.
1: Yeah. Um so they're uh, exclusively illustrated by Japanese artists, and yeah. um, they appear in what fifty percent of booster packs. Like fifty percent of of the planeswalkers are going to be fifty this... percent. So you've yeah, essentially so you got a fifty percent chance of opening
0: an alternate art planeswalker from a, a Japanese booster pack.
1: Yeah, um, and they've been they've been really well received. Um, yeah, definitely. Some of them are very cool. Yeah. Some of them are not personally my cup of tea. Um, and they're not why I enjoy magic or why I enjoy magic art. Um, but they're very, very cool. And I, you know, it seems to have gotten people very excited. Yeah, I think
0: I'm pretty much on the same boat. Like, I'm, I'm really glad that these exist as a thing. Like, mm-hmm. it's nice yeah. to see them doing different things and sort of trying out new ideas. Uh, yeah. I find the majority of them, like, the art isn't to my taste. Yeah, uh, I don't like that thing where you've got like the art coming out of the planeswalker frame. Not a fan of that at all. Sure. But I think that it's really cool that they exist and hopefully they'll do more things like this in the future.
1: Yeah, it's it's really really cool. I, I, I um I like yeah, like I like the idea, but I just don't personally like some of the art. Some of the art I think is incredible. Like um obviously the Liliana is, is incredibly cool. Yeah. Um like the Ashiok looks really good. Yeah, a big um, fan of Ashiok. Yeah, and then some of them are like um, a little bit too, sort of characterised from, for what I like personally. Yeah. Same. Um, but I mean, you know, the, you know, as as we, the kind of thing we've we've said on this podcast many times, it's not just for us, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <for> sure, definitely. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't care. Um, people really like them. People really like them. People are really excited for them. Um, they're commanding an incredibly high price tag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's
0: cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's it's just another one of those like nice little inclusions. Like I still still wish it had just been like masterpiece versions with like the stained glass from the trailer that would have been amazing that would have been really cool yeah but you know, I guess I guess anime
1: sure people, people like anime and manga and like you know that's what most of the art is um, for most of artists and you know a lot of people like that yeah um and yeah it's it's it's, it's cool I have I've have very, very little to say about them I'm not going to be chasing many of them yeah um, same I'm not, not really, I'm exactly not really, really a fan of them me. myself uh but
0: just be aware that the, I think the prices are massively overinflated currently. Oh uh, And if if you do want to own any of them, um, just hang on till like the end of June when there there is a restock, or essentially will be like an actual stock of supply for uh, for the UK.
1: Yeah, because there aren't many boxes, right? So, yeah, there
0: was like uh, so, like the the main distributor for the UK had twenty four booster boxes. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Twenty-four Japanese booster boxes for the entirety of the UK.
1: So, is this a an hour of session guarantee that there will be more printed? Yes. Yeah. Too? Yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. Yeah. There is a restock coming in June. Uh, you should be able to get to pre-order them from your LGS, uh, or uh, they also going to appear in the promo packs that are replacing like FNM promos and like uh, various other promos that Wizards are going to be doing with their new WPN uh, agenda. Is that the
1: term I want to use? <laughs> you've used it now That'll probably be it. yeah that's
0: it sick
1: okay sweet so yeah they'll, they'll be easier to get soon enough
0: yeah absolutely yeah I, I I wouldn't be paying the prices people are asking for them now definitely not yeah some of the some of the foil ones are uh, absurd yeah definitely <laughs> sweet cool awesome so now that war is finally here uh, we've, we have you a, had a chance to look at standard at all
1: oof guardia yeah. I've seen some um, yeah. and it's it looks like the set's made quite the impact
0: yeah definitely
1: definitely yeah and some some sort of sleepers that I think... I think, like, everyone had a, a kind of notion of what the good and powerful cards were Yeah. coming in. And, like, there's some been some cards that, like, weren't widely talked about that have, have put up some results. Um, Stuff like Tamiyo. Turns yeah. out that card's really good. <laughs> yeah, Tamiyo is absolutely fantastic. Mm, and we all thought that was terrible when we looked at it. Like, oh, you have to name a specific card name and try and get. oh, it turns out if you name Nexus of Fate, it's quite good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, That card's really good. And it's just, it's definitely... Um, made waves um, Monored has picked up basically no cards and continues to be incredibly good to no one's surprise yeah like you can stick Chandra in if you want to um, and then some like sideboard copies of Tybalt because yeah. that card's quite good at being Esper with all their life gain. yeah playable Tybalt uh, seems decent finally playable Tybalt oh thank god actually speaking of which I looked at the original Tibalt again the other day yeah so obviously I, I looked at that card like um I, I wasn't it yeah it came out like 2011 12 so yeah um, so like I saw it around like when I first started playing Magic, um, I started playing two thousand thirteen. So like people had copies, and I looked at it, and was like, "Oh, I, I understand why this is a bad card." Um, and then it just sort of hadn't looked at the actual card since in yeah. like six years, um, <laughs> and they just thought, "Oh, yeah, Tybalt's a meme. That card's terrible. We all know that card's terrible." And then I looked at it the other day, like actually looked at the card and read yeah. the text. I'm like, "Jesus Christ! How did? The, why did they print that card? It's so bad." Yeah, I really, I really don't know to be honest it's a Um, horrifically bad magic card i know (laughs) like just uh yeah so you know um basically what i'm saying is uh, reinforcing the fact that that card is terrible as a meme yeah as like everybody who has played magic since the card was released was uh yeah but i just you know it was just sort of like accepted as fact that tibble was kind of a meme and then i went back and looked at it and was like yeah there's a reason yeah (laughs) i understand but uh it like Ray kiss instigator is a pretty pretty decent as a as a sideboard option yeah um, for sure especially with that
0: that good old rampaging frost
1: still kind of abandoned in standard that's the thing like frosted would just be better but I mean, it's kind of funny that the only reason tybalt's playable is because Frostadon is banned. yeah <laughs> sure because <laughs> that's the, exactly the position it would fill right yeah uh, but yeah i mean yeah the um standard looks sweet it looks really fun um Monored and Simic Nexus are really good.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, I, really so, I nice really, well. really, really like both Esper and Blue White. I've been playing Blue White in Standard myself. Um, I think Teferi is exactly as good as I thought he was going to be. Like, yeah, that card's really good. Ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, that card is very, very powerful. Also, turns out Narset yeah. is pretty really good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's I, so, good I, think, I think I, think I I mean, I, I assume most people did, like, a really under evaluated Narset, just how good she would be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cards really good. It functions like a play evolve, yeah. Um, which is you know a Pokemon of many a format, yeah. And also just gets card advantage. It's a, fan, really good. Big fan, definitely. it's <laughs> twenty dollar foils. Whew. It's an expensive card. Yeah. It's not a problem. Two dollars.
0: So we we've had um, the Star City Games uh, Richmond event at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh have We had the the classic and the open. Yep. Uh, I think what what do you make from the from the results there? Like fairly typical sort of week yeah, one so I, standard, I, do
1: you think? I watched no, I don't. Week one standard. I think it's interesting. Like, so I, I watched uh, quite a bit of it yeah. um, on the Saturday. Yeah. Uh, just like sort of had it on while I was doing other stuff. Uh, Monored was just sort of seemed to be dominating every match it was playing. Yeah, for sure. Um, Esper control is still really good. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of a different Esper. It's like it's very. It's very different—not very different, but it's 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 different enough from the versions we were seeing before War of the Spark. Yeah, for sure. With some of the inclusions, um, such as Narset. and Liliana seemed kind of medium as well. Yeah,
0: I, I, I think she's a, she's quite a good finisher in that deck. Definitely is just kind of like a, a one of or, or two of is just kind of like your, your top end finisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but sorry, go ahead. yeah, but, but I mean, she's fine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I did say she was the best. Card in the set, and I may have been wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we had like sort of this BAM mid range Flash deck that did really well. Yeah. Which is really sweet. Um, sort of leveraging Vivian, four copies of Vivian, so you can cast things with Flash, and you just play like Night of Autumn, and Thrill Mystic, and Deputy of Um and Hydroid Crisis. So it yeah. turns out if you give that card Flash, it's incredibly good. Um, and also, Gotta Turn on like a Ketra. Turns out that does have the chops for constructed.
0: Yeah, for sure. That
1: card's really good. I think, yeah, I think
0: I. I severely underestimated the uh, the God cards. I've been playing blue white um, myself on Arena, and just like God Eternal Kefnet is incredible. Yep, absolutely incredible. Wrong. Big mm-hmm. fan of that so,
1: card. Yeah, so um, but it's just like, like the band deck is just sort of kind of a new thing. Like there've been sort of like some mid ish builds, like green white mid rangeish builds. Yeah, um, but additions like of Need to fairy and of um, Tamiyo and no Viv- Vivian for the band deck. Oh, right, um, sure, like the Mid- deck. Oh, not the, like, the, the, the nexus them. deck, no, not the nexus deck because yeah. I mean, that they, kind of similar to the Simic nexus deck, which is also sort of a big hit. That, yeah. that deck's um, good again, I guess, if you um, add in tamio and Nasa. Yeah. And then if you want to play the band version, you've also got Teferi, which stops your <laughs> other nexus opponents just doing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just turns out it's quite good. Um since they, the Nexus decks have to perform a lot of their game-winning actions at instant speed. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you just you don't need any good cards to win the game. You just need a single copy of Callus Dismissal. Yeah. <laughs> which is a one and a blue sorcery, at common. Which is return target, non permanent to its owner's hand. A mass, a mass one. one, yeah. That wins the game. So idiots like me specking on Commence the Endgame as the sweet finisher for these kind of decks are just wrong. <laughs> I do I think that a is a very deck.
0: sweet finisher in the blue-white deck, though. I'm a big oh, fan yeah, of the end game.
1: Yeah, it's probably about worth the pound I paid for it. Yeah, callish. I bought the of copies at like a pound or just over, and I was like, "Oh, hey, this card would be worth like four pounds at some point, eight point." <laughs> <laughs> the card is <laughs> exactly fine. Um, but yeah, the, the, the of it seems seems sweet. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, like there wasn't anything. Well, there was there was a couple of like kind of wild decks, right? Like the Azorius Bladeswalker deck. Yeah, that was,
0: a, that was certainly a thing.
1: Yeah, I watched a couple of games of that, and like playing with a Fibblethip and a um, Mox Amber Empire, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm in. That sounds great. Awesome.
0: Yeah, so there was also another strange deck I've seen, seen popping up, uh, Fibblethip and Super Friends. Yeah. Uh, so the list I'm looking at currently is uh, four Fibblethip the Lost, uh, one in blue for a 1-1 legendary creature, Homunculus, when Fibblethip the Lost enters the battlefield, draw a card. If it entered from your library or was cast from your library, draw two cards instead. Yes. Yeah, so there was another strange deck that turned up. We saw uh, Fibblethip Super Friends. So it's four creatures of Fibble, four copies of Fibblethip the Lost. There's one in the blue for a legendary mm-hmm. creature, Homunculus. When Fibblethip the Lost enters the battlefield, draw a card. If it entered from your library or was cast from your library, draw two cards instead. When Fibblethip becomes the target of a spell, shuffle Fibblethip into its owner's library. Uh, and then you look at the, uh, the rest of the deck and it's uh, 18 Planeswalkers, so that's 2 Dovin <laughs> and Arbiter, 2 Dovin Hand of Control, 2 Khan Sion 1 Cosmina, Enigmatic Mentor, 3 Narset, Potter of Ails, 1 Saheeli, Sublime Artificer, 2 Teferi, Hero of Dominaria, 3 Teferi, Time Raveler, 2 Ugin the Ineffable. Uh, Twelve spells. So we got three treasure map, one negate, one settle the wreckage, three mox amber, four cleanse and nova.
1: Um, yeah, this deck was really sweet to watch. Yeah, um, it's uh,
0: it's certainly a deck, right?
1: Yeah, just leverage, just casting haymaker after haymaker in the planeswalkers because they've already got like all got a generally quite powerful effect on the board.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: your Sahili goes nuts because outside of Fiddlefoot, you just have all creature spells. Um. Narset and Teferi and Dovin do a good good job of disrupting your opponent from their game plan. Yep. Um and then you get to close the game out with just like Ugin tokens and stuff like that. Mm. Um it was really sweet. It was it was a really cool deck to watch. Um and like I said, like most of these blanks are just very, very powerful um and do a lot of do a lot of good things to standard. So that deck was sweet. I enjoyed watching that a lot. Yeah, it was definitely an odd one. Definitely an odd one oh yeah yeah definitely um, but it's cool like I, I like when we just sort of innovate with like random stuff because most, most of the top decks we saw were just like sort of remixes of um, decks we'd seen before
0: yeah definitely
1: so like the Nexus deck and the mono Red deck and the Esper deck like they're, they're sort of similar to things we'd seen before even though they have quite a lot of new cards in them yeah um but they seem to, you know, generally similar, but just to have someone to be like, no, I'm just going to play all these planes as well because of Mox Amber. <laughs> like, okay, sweet. Sure, sure. seems <laughs> really good. Um, it's really cool. But when we saw, like, a few other decks, like, um, Grixis Control, put yeah. like, a few results um, with copies of Nicol Bardo's Dragon Guard.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that, that deck is real. Like, it really is. Oh, um, no. yeah. Yeah, we're just we're just really, really seeing like, a massive shake-up. I feel like it's been a very long time since a set has affected Standard in this way.
1: Yeah, it's, it's great. Um, it's really, really cool. You had some Feather decks. Yeah. Feather, like the Boros card. <laughs> People are just playing that with like a bunch of cantrips and stuff. Um, that was really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, Spiker decks, like, yeah, the, the format's really been shaken up with the set. I think even, even the established decks are getting a lot of new toys and um, seeing a lot of rebuilds it's really really cool and I think that's just true of the set in general like it's it's making waves across every format right yeah definitely. even though we've only just it's only been legal for a week yeah yeah um, I, I don't I can't remember
0: a set I mean I guess I guess the last set really that impacted so many formats um, was probably like Cotton to Taco because they'd added the fetch lands into
1: Modern Mhm. and Treasure Cruise and Digby Time yeah oof and, <laughs> yeah they were a thing and to a lesser extent Siege Rhino and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I say to a lesser extent, Siege Rhino got hard band. Yeah. Um Dig the Time, Treasure Cruise band in all formats, part of Vintage. Yeah, so, you know, that was a that was a fairly interesting time. It was,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean between like uh, like Noset and Khan and Tameo and and Tferi, there's like four cards that are straight into a lot of decks that we are seeing in um in formats older than standard.
1: Yep. Um so a lot of Narset being played in Legacy and Vintage. Yeah. Um, because turns out are good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially ones that you can like uh you can you can like use the the minus ability on as well. Which is just yeah. fantastic. Like go get a, a non creature non land card. So in, in vintage especially, that's like a lot of cards. Yep.
1: Yeah. also if Big you fan. don't activate it if you don't activate it, doesn't die like to bolt. Yeah. Which is important. It has high definite high loyalty, uh, and doesn't die oh, to fatal push obviously because it's a walker like um also shares or anything like that. So it's just a good sort of Staxi effect with yeah, a card. Sure. Um, that's doing a lot. Um Ugin and Khan are like being sort of messed about with in um Tron decks and yeah. in Proud Post decks and stuff like that. So there's a lot of there's a lot of brewing going around, a lot of like sweet innovations. Um and then just like fringe stuff, like we saw a lot of uh, Gideon Blackblade in Death and Taxes and Legacy. Yeah, I, I saw I saw that yeah it seems bad it's just it's just a three mana efficient card that you want and i don't really think Devon dices wants that yeah um we also saw some copies of tomic distinguished Advocate. nice because that deck that card just screws lands and turbo debts which is sweet it means you can't get waste wastelanded yeah for sure. which yeah it's pretty good um yeah it's been it's, the set's been sort of prolific everywhere already which is awesome um and I've had to pick up some cards. There was also um, a couple of years ago a maverick deck playing for uh, three copies of Viv- uh, the new Vivian. Nice. Yeah, because you play all your good cards with flash. <laughs> so that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, um, I just feel like all of the planeswalkers, and then like maybe one or two other cards in the in the set. Really, they're just they're so powerful. Like, mm-hmm. it, I think it's going to take a take a long time to sort of adjust to this this new. This new standard, I guess, really.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, unfortunately, the two decks I enjoy playing are just unplayable now. Uh-oh. Um, so Monoblue is just kind of crap. <laughs> it just doesn't do anything because it just gets out, outpaced by most of the other decks. Yeah. Um, like, Spell Pierce isn't the card it used to be. Um, and Team Reclamation is just, you just shouldn't play it. You should just play Nexus, yeah. like Simic Nexus. Which is kind of a shame. But, you know, I'll find something new to play. Yeah, I just need to go like I said, I've
0: been, been playing blue white on arena myself, and I've got mm. most of it in paper. Just waiting on a couple more cards to come from Magic Card Market, but I'm fairly certain that that is the deck that I'm going to take to uh, uh the MCQ in Sheffield. Sweet,
1: I'll I'll see if I can swing that and get there on awesome. um, probably the Sunday. Awesome, awesome. that will be a good and I know I'll also need to find a deck to play, <laughs> but I'm sure that'll be
0: fun. Mm. Awesome, yeah. So it's it. it it's been a bit of a funny one, I think, this week. Obviously, it's been a while since, we, since we've since we recorded now. Uh, it's getting back into the swing of things. Feels good. Mm-hmm. Feels really good to be back. Very happy to be back. Uh, I think that is pretty much all we have time for this week. If you want to get in touch, uh, hit us up on social media. Were you at Magic Fest Plus London? Did you see us? Did you come say hi? Please get in touch if you did. You can get us on social media. We are on Twitter at hfdcast or facebook.com slash hfdcast. Or you can get me on my own personal social media. I'm at Peach Garden Oaf, that is O with an F, uh, or Facebook at Joe Loudon. You'll find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. Uh, I'll be the, the dude dabbing in front of the the rhino at Warmer World.
1: <laughs> Dabs for the dabbing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like you say about that, about about the GP. Like, I, there was a lot of people I wanted to hang out with. Yeah. A lot for of sure. people I wanted to to meet up with and stuff. And I think my own, uh, I got in my own way a lot of the time. Um, Which is kind of disappointing and I apologize if there's anyone that I was like planning to meet up with and just didn't get around to Because I was probably, you know, having an anxiety attack somewhere or just, you know, talking myself out of having human interaction Sure Which is kind of of a shame Um, But hopefully I'll get a chance to rectify that with with some people um, at some point, which would be nice
0: Yeah, it was was a a very, very busy time, definitely
1: Definitely. It really was, like, I, I Like I you know because I, I get quite anxious anyway like I have quite, I suffer with anxiety quite badly a lot of time in, in situations like that like obviously I was very excited to be there and like being a GP is is a very cool time um, um, but magic is like one of my escapes from those kind of things and like i get to focus on something and like when i'm playing magic i get to like focus and just be in that moment and not have to deal with any any other things that like might make me feel kind of kind of bad um so when i was playing magic i was i was great like just like jamming games of legacy and i was like very much in the moment and having a good time but like outside of that it was it was very difficult i was very sweaty for most of the um most of the weekends because it was quite warm yeah um and also like i tend to be quite to get like just sweat a lot when i feel anxious um so that was quite uncomfortable um but yeah, I just it just it kind of ruined it a bit that I felt like that for most of the weekend. Yeah, and I felt like I wasn't able to enjoy it as much as I could have done, um, which is a, which is a shame. But you know, things that happen. I still had a generally good time. i I'm,
0: um, I'm glad you had a good time overall. Definitely, I for one certainly really enjoyed hanging out with you as
1: always oh yeah yeah absolutely I mean, that was that was good fun and you know sharing a bed and uh, going to buy hummus and crisps at like 11 o'clock um, all that stuff was really good yeah absolutely um, I think just being in a big room and like there were obviously loads of people I wanted to speak to like pro players and like content creators and I was just like I just can't do it like I think I'll probably just be sick on them and no one wants that yeah. <laughs> so yeah I just, I just wanted to sort of mention that I guess like you know it was, it was, a, it was a difficult time and I apologise if there's anyone that like I was planning to speak to and just, just didn't get a chance to um having said <laughs> if you want to speak to me on twitter um you can find me at, at snail 69 nice thank you um oh i did write that on a magic card yeah you did yeah uh, yeah tom hughes off of being off the podcast was Bing. like you need to sign this Tyler tracker could you please write please write snail 69 on it and i was like yeah i can yeah. <laughs> i, I gotta write nice on it as well so that was that was pretty sweet yeah it's ridiculous we need to get a picture of that um, yeah, put it up on the Twitter. But it's like, yeah, Not if yet. you want me to ruin this vaguely expensive playable magic card, then sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, that was really cool.
0: Yeah, awesome, Sweet. cool. You can also hit us up on Patreon as well if you do get anything from this podcast and feel like you want to give back in in any way. Uh, Tier start from uh, from one dollar a month. It's roughly twenty five to twenty cents per episode per month. Uh, I've just failed the Patreon pitch so badly this week, but I hey, it's fine. It's yeah i'm I'm super super thankful that we get to just record this nonsense and get it out there into the ether and that like you know at least a handful of people every week will will give it a listen and and people say they enjoy it so i that's 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 what makes me happy that's what i get out of it and
1: Which, yeah, if you even- genuinely
0: do want to give back anything mm-hmm. you can you can head over to patreon uh, anything we do get at all just yeah we're massively appreciated and it goes straight back into the podcast
1: Yeah, absolutely i mean if if people say they enjoy the podcast that's it's a good thing either way because either we make a good podcast or people are just generally really nice and they want to tell us a nice thing for sure even if they're lying so you know it's positive (laughs) both ways right
0: yeah yeah awesome cool so that's pretty much all we have time for this week uh once again the Godfather has returned uh, this time to his prison realm where he is exiled hashtag spoilers uh we'll see you again next week on arrow devastation